Governor Jesse Ventura, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to another edition of On Screen and Beyond, the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as remakes and sequels and movies and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 168. This week, we have a great guest coming your way. We have Governor Jesse Ventura. He's going to be joining us. Of course, he was a former pro wrestler going by the name of Jesse the Body Ventura, and he was the host of uh, True TV's Conspiracy. Theories with Jesse Ventura. He's also former governor of Minnesota, and he has a latest book out, 63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read. And it's uh, going to make a very interesting chat, so I'm sure that uh, you want to stick around and listen to that. It's coming up in just a few minutes. And this weekend, I had a chance to see Steven Spielberg and J.J. Abrams' Super 8. A very good film. If you get a chance, if you like The Goonies and E.T. and Stand By Me, those types of movies... This is one you want to see. A great film. So, anyways, let's check out what's coming your way as far as Remake Madness next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. Remake Madness, well, a remake of Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Film Commando is in the works, and a script has been completed, and it looks like Tom Hanks is still working on making the 60s astronaut action figure Major Matt Mason. He's going to bring it to the big screen. We've talked about that before, but this time... The news is out that he's in talks to get Robert Zemeckis to direct it. And a Norwegian film called Troll Hunter is going to be remade by Chris Columbus. That's about it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as upcoming movies. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Upcoming movies, well, it looks like Billy Bob Thornton will direct a film called Jane Mansfield's Car, which will star, now get this, quite a cast, Robert Duvall, John Hurt, and Kevin Bacon. And there's a bunch of other stars that are in it, so it sounds like it's going to be a, a, a big all-star cast in that one. And it looks like John Travolta and Uma Thurman will star in Oliver Stone's Savages, set for a 2012 release. It's about two pot growers who face off against the Mexican drug cartel. And it looks like Jeremy Renner will star in Slingshot. It's about the true story of rally racer Bill Caswell. That's about it for upcoming movies uh, with a new new twist to them, something that's uh, not like a remake or a sequel. And next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as sequels. Down at Sequel City, it's next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, we've talked about this one before, but a sequel to Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief has been put onto the fast track with the director of Diary of a Wimpy Kid put at the helm of this one. And it looks like they're looking for a 2012 release, possibly, on that one. And Steven Spielberg's been very, very busy this year, and he's going to continue that. He's looking at developing a script for another Jurassic Park sequel. All right, well, they've tossed this one around for a while, and, you know, two and three were kind of eh. But uh, 
They're going to try maybe doing it again. They're just in talks about that one. Uh, That would be number four they're looking at. And let's see, Salt 2 is now moving forward, and we'll let you know what's going to happen with that one, whether Angelina Jolie is going to be in it or not. We'll find out. That's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. TV on DVD, well, on August 23rd, the event, the complete series, makes its way onto DVD. And Fringe Season 3 will arrive on September 6th. And also on September 6th, you can look for No Ordinary Family with Michael Chiklis as it lands on DVD. That's about it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a little peek at what's coming away as far as movies on DVD. That's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Movies on DVD, well, Rio will arrive on Blu-ray and DVD on August 2nd. And you can look for Your Highness as it comes to Blu-ray on August 9th. And the classic Citizen Kane is being fully restored for release on Blu-ray in September. Rosebud. That's right. So the classic comes your way. And that's about it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we are going to be sitting down and chatting with Governor Jesse Ventura. That's right, Jesse the Body Ventura, former wrestler, former TV host, and former governor of Minnesota. He's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, my guest is a former pro wrestler, an actor, a TV host, politician, and a best-selling author. His latest book is called 63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read. It's Jesse Ventura. Jesse, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. You know, Jesse, looking at all the different things that you've done, I first off have to ask you, have you always had trouble keeping a job? (laughs) Well, it's a good question. Probably yes. Not necessarily do I have trouble keeping them, but mentally within myself, uh, I get urged to roam and I get urged to do other things. And probably at about the four-year mark, I did four years active duty in the Navy. I did four years as a mayor, four years as a governor. So four seems to be the number. And uh, I respect people that can do one job for 35 years in their life. My best friend did that. Mm -hmm. But that's not for me. Uh, I like changing. I like doing different things. And I also haven't embraced reincarnation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to get to 80 and say woulda, coulda, shoulda. Right, yeah. And, and of course, I was, I'm just kidding. But you sure. know, seriously, though, uh, you've done so many interesting things. And your latest book, 63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read, it's a fascinating book. I couldn't put it down. It was really a, a great book. And um, it has so many revealing documents in it. Uh, did you get them all through the Freedom of Information Act? Is that how you got them? Well, yeah. And really, who deserves credit there is my co-writer, Dick Russell, because... 
that's where we make a great team. Dick loves research. I don't. Mm-hmm. Dick loves getting into that, and so he finds them. I read them and comment on them. Right. Yeah. So really, Dick would know. But in the epilogue, you'll see we list all the places that people on their own can go to do their own searching and do their own investigating of documents. Yes. Yeah. We listed good spots where people could go to look. Yeah. Now, do you know, is it difficult to obtain documents through the Freedom of Information Act? I don't know. I've never did it. I didn't know if, if you I've knew. Never, I personally have never, ever filed the mm-hmm. Freedom of Information Act to get a document. Yeah. I mean, I just... I don't know how tough it is. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. I would just think that it would be... I mean, it's the government, so, <laughs> you know... Well, but it shouldn't be. <laughs> right. I know. I realize it shouldn't be, but you know how that... The red sure. tape and everything, it, I would just think that, you know, you have to ask for a specific thing before they could get it for you other than you know you looking through i would imagine there's millions and billions of of documents out there well the the thing that's disturbing is last year alone the government declared 16 million documents top secret holy cow that comes out to about 40,000 a day i think what i i i just can't fathom how they well that must be every document they do it must be yeah yeah And now we're not allowed to see those because they're top secret. Here's something to think about. When I was in the Navy, I had a top secret security clearance. Mm -hmm. I've been a mayor and I've been a governor. Right, yeah. Now I'm back being just a tax-paying citizen. At what point did I lose my security clearance? Right, yeah. Uh, Now, as a governor, were you privy to to different documents that that we normally cannot see? Probably, Yeah. but only at a state level. Uh-huh, right. You know, remember, you're not federal. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't see documents concerning foreign policy mm-hmm. because governors don't deal in foreign policy. Right, yeah. So you know, only at a state level was I privy to things that the general public may not know. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now, um, how long a period of research did it take before you actually started writing the book? Oh, we researched for a number of months. I would say probably four to five months of research. Wow. And then began writing. When we, first, we had to get the number. Right. We probably could have did 1,063. Right. How did you come up with 63? <laughs> well, first we were going with 49. Mm-hmm. We thought, okay, we've got to pick out something reasonable, you know, so let's go with 49. Yeah. Well, there were so many compelling documents, we thought, well, how do we get 49? So what we both agreed upon, we both felt we picked 63 because that was 1963 that John Kennedy was murdered. Ah, okay. And, of course, Dick has wrote the great book, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Mm-hmm. Okay. The story of Richard Case Nagel, mm-hmm. who's very, who's a very compelling book on the Kennedy murder. Yeah. Uh, this is a guy who... who uh, couple months, a month or so before it happened, he walked into an El Paso bank, pulled out a gun and shot three shots in the ceiling, and then walked out and waited on the curb to get arrested because he wanted to make sure he was in jail because he knew what was going down. Hmm. Pretty interesting book, huh? Oh, yeah. Jeez. So anyway, uh, uh, we chose 63 because both of us are enthusiastically 
researched the Kennedy murder, and that was the year that he was killed. Well, I wanted to get into that a little bit because, I, you know, in the book, you, you know, of course, uh, there were different spots where you talked about uh, the, the JFK assassination, and um, you know, you touched on it. So, uh, and I know on your TV show, the um, your uh, conspiracy theories with Jesse Ventura, that you also did a uh, a segment on the JFK shooting. Have you always been intrigued about Kennedy? Uh, I didn't get intrigued about Kennedy till after I got out of the service, and I. I happened to hear Mark Lane speak, mm-hmm. and he was the first person that I had ever heard because I was 12 when he was killed, and uh, he was the first person I ever heard that was speaking something different, that he was questioning the official verdict of what the government had told us in the whole Warren Commission, one of the first critics of it. Mm-hmm. And Mark Lane made a lot of valid points, and then ironically, I kind of forgot about it until the mid-'80s when wrestling went through a change in my career we went from regionalized territories where you drove to national where you started flying everywhere yeah and when you fly you spend hours in airports and hours on planes and it's boring as hell yeah (laughs) so i started picking up every book i could on the kennedy killing and this was about 1984 Mm -hmm. and i started reading everything i could get my hands on yeah. And when you did your story on, on, on the Kennedy assassination on your TV show, Conspiracy Theories, had you already written the book or were you in the process of it? Uh, gosh, we were doing them both kind of at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I was splitting time between both. Yeah. You know, naturally, when I had to go out and do film or the TV show, I couldn't do the book. Yeah. And so then when I'd come home, I'd work on the book. Yeah. So did you sort so of... time was split between both. I was pretty busy. Oh, I can imagine. Gee. But uh, did you um, sort of use the research? For... No, no. I kept them separate. They were separate. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because on, on the book, it's strictly documents. And the only real document in the book that deals with his murder is the uh, CIA's propaganda notes on the Kennedy assassination. Right, yes. Where it shows the actual CIA telling to put to put out propaganda they use the word propaganda mm-hmm. yeah you know on the Warren Commission to support it yeah you know that they they directly started doing operations to get the public of course to believe that what the Warren Commission said was true and but doing the TV show was completely different there we found of course the st. John hunt who's the son of E Howard hunt who has video, audio, and written confession from his father Mm -hmm. to participating in it. Yeah. And yet it received no mainstream media at all. Yeah, I I, I know that. And and murder, there's no statute of limitations on it. Mm -hmm. So why is it the mainstream media? Howard Hunt is a very likely candidate. He's in the CIA. He was shady at Watergate. So there's credibility there. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would the media completely ignore it? I know, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. Did you ever see the movie Malcolm X? Uh, yes, I vaguely remember. With Denzel remember. Washington? Yes, yeah. Okay, Denzel, it was scary how much he looked like him. Really? And Denzel makes a statement as Malcolm X, you've been bamboozled. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how I view it. We've been bamboozled by the mainstream media. Yeah. They're not going to come out after 50 years and admit they were bamboozling us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they ignore it. 
Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. That should have been a headline in every paper in the U- United States. You would think so, yeah. A confession to the murder of John Kennedy. Yeah. Huh. Yet it received nothing. Jeez. And, and, I always bring it up when I do national shows. Yeah. And yeah. they look at me like, oh, well. And they, and they don't, they don't. I mean, like you say, when you're on Good Morning America or Larry King or anything, they just sweep it under the rug, more or less? Well, they just, it flies out there and nothing more said about it. Huh. Jeez. They don't go offer me an explanation. Yep, yeah. Of why it wasn't covered. Huh. A confession to the murder of our president. Jeez. That is really strange. And they don't even mention it. Yeah. Hmm. We've been bamboozled, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> geez. Do you want to know why I know Oswald didn't do it? How's that? Common sense, Okay. Here's the scenario. Dallas, you've just had the murder of the president an hour earlier, right? Mm-hmm. A half hour earlier, you've had, you've had the murder of a Dallas policeman. Okay? All of these events occurred miles from the Texas theater. Mm-hmm. Yet, a businessman saw a guy go in the theater and not buy a ticket. So he calls the police and informs the Dallas police who... Of course, uh, have just had the murder of the president in their city an hour earlier and one of their own police officers killed. And the report is a man didn't buy a ticket at the Texas theater. And the dispatcher, he sends 20 cops, 10 squad cars and the media to go arrest a guy who didn't buy a ticket at the theater. That's Hmm. all they knew. Yeah. Now, what does that tell you? Come on. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Any common sense logic. They would, in fact, if you got that call, you would tell the person, stuff it. Yeah. We had the murder of the president and the cop killed. Right, I'm yeah. not wasting time sending a police officer over because someone didn't buy a 65-cent ticket to the matinee. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. But yet they sent 20 cops, 10 to 12 squad cars, and the media. Was there ever any explanation of why they did that? No. I'd love to ask someone. Yeah, jeez. Why there would be that type of response. Yeah, I mean... Uh... It's ridiculous. So common sense. It's, see, I believe Oswald was supposed to be killed in the theater. Uh-huh. That way there'd be no trial. They could say he attempted to escape, blah, blah, blah. But somehow he didn't get killed, and so that's when Ruby had to come in. Yeah. Well, you sort of, uh, I mean, you didn't talk about that exactly in the book, but you talked about um, the uh, lost assassinations and, uh, chase, was it chase assassinations in the book for um, the CIA assassination manual they have? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the first document is the assassination manual printed in the CIA that our government, first degree murder, we have a manual on how to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, a lot of these things in here, I I never had heard of. Yeah, well, of course, mainstream media is going to tell you. Right, yeah. Jeez. I mean, it was just... But a... yet, I'm a nut. <laughs> you know, they're portraying me now as crazy and nut, because I question my government, and I'm lo- a logical thinker, who when things don't add up, I want to know the answer. Right, yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean... Well, yeah, there is in this country Well, now. yeah, 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 I know what you mean by that, yes. Uh, but just like 9-11, mm-hmm. why aren't you allowed to ask questions about it? Mm-hmm. 
if it's what they told us, then they should be happy to answer our questions. Yeah. yeah. But they don't, are they? They accuse you of being unpatriotic if you question 9-11. Yeah, that seems to be the the the, uh, the current thing to say is, well, you're... Well, do you want to know whose teachings we're following? Who's that? Okay. After 9-11, here's, here's, tell me this isn't right on, okay? This person said it's easy to take a country to war. All you have to do is convince them they're under attack, mm-hmm. which 9-11 did that. Right, yeah. Uh, denounce the pacifists for being unpatriotic, mm-hmm. which Bush and them all told us oh, yeah. you're unpatriotic if you don't support them. Yeah. And you have to denounce the pacifist, pacifist position for empowering the enemy, correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. Now, we've been following that since 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. Do you know who said that? Who was that? Hermann Goring, Hitler's right-hand man, right before he committed suicide before the Nuremberg trials. Oh, jeez. So here we are following the teachings of a Nazi. Hmm. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, very interesting. Jeez. Have you been reading on all these things? or, or I mean, you, you know quite a bit about this stuff, so I was just curious of... Yeah, it's all through studying documents, reading on it. Uh, the Goring thing, actually, a fan came up and gave me the quote. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. A gentleman came up to me at a book signing, said, here's one for you, Governor. Pay attention to this one. Mm-hmm. And I read it, Herman Goring, Hitler's right-hand man, and I thought, that's exactly what they've been selling us since 9-11. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of questions that, you know, people still haven't really had answered uh, about those, uh, the 9-11 and things like that. And, uh, and you're never going to get them. I'm sure, yeah. Because our government doesn't answer questions. Yeah, yeah. And all they'll do is say, read the 9-11 report. Yeah. Which didn't answer a thing. Yeah, well, do you feel that the government has always been this way, or do you think that it's just gradually gotten worse over the years? I think that they probably always have been, because we never read history, so we're destined to repeat it. Right, yeah. False flag operations have been going on. Every war usually is accompanied by what they call a false flag operation, Mm -hmm. an operation to get the people up in arms to support a war. And you have a a thing about that in your book about Cuba. You had documents in there about... Yeah, that's uh, Operation Northwood. Yeah, and and I was amazed that those are actual government documents, correct? Yeah. And they were saying that, well, there's a few things we could do to make the the people rally around it. We could put a ship out uh, out of uh, San Diego or... um, uh, Havana and blow it up, and then when they go to fly over to check it out, we can blame them for for blowing it up. And it was like, wow! I mean, this is an actual document. Oh yeah, and they actually talked about downing a plane. Yes, yeah, that was another. Yeah, one. well, uh, uh, here's what I always say: if that was on the table in '61, don't you think it was on the table in 2001? Yeah, I know. When you when I read that you had said that, I thought it's true. It's very true. You know why? Why would things change? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, that's treason. Yeah. You know what they're saying there, that they're going to attack certain U.S. cities for political purposes? I know. Huh? It's treason. Jeez. Yet they'll lock up WikiLeaks for treason? Yeah. <laughs> now, have you had any reprisals for putting these documents out? Which, you Nothing know, it's, yet. 
How can I? They're in the public domain. Right. Yeah. Well, that's you what I mean. No laws. Right. Uh, and, and I understand. And that's that's what I mean. You know, you've done nothing wrong. But All we did was assemble them and put them into a book. Yeah. But you know how things can go sometimes with, uh, you know, they can sometimes make things harder for you. Or <laughs> well, they haven't yet. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I can't say they have. I think they just hope and I go away. Right. <laughs> or they hope. Or assault on my credibility. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm now called a conspiracy theorist. There's word out there I'm crazy. Jeez. All of this nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so the, the way they'll attack me is they'll attack my credibility, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, one thing I was amazed at was looking at these documents that you have because uh, in the in the book just so people know uh, 63 documents the government doesn't want you to read there are actual scanned documents that you've put into your book absolutely we reprint them all yeah and w- what i was amazed at was the amount of whited out and blacked out segments that are in these doc you know they're supposedly freedom of information but they're so blocked out sometimes you can't even understand what what they're talking about absolutely yeah you know absolutely yes. and you know that's why all, all of that all the documents are that way generally and so you never really get the whole picture mm-hmm. yeah. but you hopefully can assemble. it's like a jigsaw puzzle right you may not finish or see the whole picture but hopefully you can get enough out of the documents to where you, it gives you a good idea to be able to imagine the picture. Yeah. Well, and, and, but it there tells was, you enough. Right. But there was one uh, document in the book where you had had what was received from the Information uh, Freedom of Information Act with the whited out segments, and then you had the actual document that was, I guess, later released. I'm not sure. I can't remember what it was that it was later released. So it was the same document, but not with the whited out segments. And reading it it was like well why would they have whited that segment out because um it just didn't you know i mean it there wasn't was like nothing in there that devastating right it wasn't like oh no you know it's that, that who was, knows <laughs> yeah. i don't know you know people got to earn their salaries doing something i guess i guess so because it, you know he gets paid so i suppose maybe he gets paid by the amount of words he whites out <laughs> you know i'm not sure yeah is he on salary or commission right you know <laughs> So uh, who knows? You know, I can't answer those questions. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it just makes you wonder. What you know, some things I can see where when you read it, you know, this certain person said something about. Uh, uh, oh, I can't. Like I say, I can't remember the exact document. I don't have it in front of me. But um, there, it was talking about uh, specific uh, um, people. Uh, you know. Uh, ethnic people or something uh and you know maybe they felt that might be offensive or they, they blocked it out or something um or it might make the the per, that person look bad and maybe that's why they whited it out but i mean in the overall scheme it was not like you say it wasn't earth shattering that exactly yeah so well look at it this way right now they classify 16 million documents top secret last year alone mm-hmm so I mean, that's virtually must be every document they do. Yeah, well, it sounds like what they do is they first they turn around and make everything uh, top secret, top secret, and then pretty soon they may declassify it. Right. Or two. Yeah, and then it makes it makes them look good. Say, oh, look, yeah. look how many we we unclassify. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. So, uh, what made you decide to do this book? Well, after we did American Conspiracies, Dick and I took a lot of grief. Of course, we were labeled conspiracy theorists, and 
all these names and they've lost their credibility their ex- conspiracy wackos every everything all the onslaught they do to you mm-hmm. so we both thought you know what let's do a book that they can't blame a thing on us for mm-hmm. let's do a book on government documents right it's I they're mean, there it's, in black and white they're right. not ours yep <laughs> and so that's what we did and it turns out this book's even more controversial <laughs> And it's the government's documents. I didn't write them. Right, yeah. yeah. I didn't make it up. Yeah. It's not my opinion. Right, yeah, because uh, you basically do an introduction in it. And, and you're, I noticed that you were, or at least it seemed like you you weren't being, uh, trying to press your opinion on anything. You just said, here's the document. This is what it is. Well, I throw a few little opinions in there. Oh, yeah. I try to be a little humorous because, after all, you're writing a book and you oh, want yeah. to... You know, books like anything, you got to put a little entertainment in there. Oh, yeah. So I have to give my flair a little on each document, how I kind of feel about them, but the documents speak for themselves. Right, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 you're not hiding anything. You're not, uh, you're not exposing anything that isn't known or shouldn't, you know, I mean, is out there so anybody could find it. So, um, it's, uh, it, it's a good book. I enjoyed and, it. And, you know, and another thing for people to remember, too, is my last quote from Patrick Henry. And that's on the back where it says, Patrick Henry, the liberties of a people never were nor ever will be secure Mm -hmm. when the transactions of their rulers may be concealed from them. Right. Yep. So we need to heed our forefathers more. Yeah. They were brilliant men. They had their faults. Mm -hmm. But they also had a vision for this country like no other. Yep. And unfortunately, we've lost sight of their vision. Ben Franklin, here's another one that drives me nuts. Ben Franklin said, those people that will trade their liberty for security will end up with neither. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth, and yet we seem to be willing to do that. Yep. We're willing to trade our freedom and liberty for security. And don't people realize no country that takes liberty away gives security? If you give away your liberty, they're going to be able to invade your house anytime they feel like it. Right, yeah. You'll have no security. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe I had a guy on radio that actually said to me, oh, go ahead, grab my groin, do anything you want. Just make sure I'm safe on that plane. <laughs> and I said to him, you're perfect. You're the exact guy they want. That's right, yeah. Because I said, you are right, the guy. Uh, he's obviously been drinking a lot of Prozac water. <laughs> He's, you know, to have an attitude like that. My attitude is I would rather face the terrorists on a daily basis than give up one freedom. Yeah. But, of course, I may be a minority opinion now. Well, you you know, it's it's hard to tell nowadays because, like you say, the, the, the media, you hear what they want to tell you. Yep. So it's very difficult to determine what the real majority is. You hear what they say. And that's all we hear. Sure. Like, uh, look at look at before we went into Iraq. Apparently, there were a lot of protests that took place. Yet the media was told not to cover them. The government never covered any of the protests of the Iraq War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't. Did you know my story on MSNBC? No. Oh, wait till you hear this. No, I'm not sure. When I came out of office, I was the hottest commodity out there. I was the voice of the independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. CNN, MSNBC, and Fox got in a bidding war for me. Mm-hmm. MSNBC won. 
I was supposed to have my own show Monday through Friday in the evening. I never got it. You know why? Why is that? At that time, MSNBC was Fox Light. They hadn't switched over to being liberal. Uh-huh. They were trying to be Fox. And they wouldn't put me on the air because I opposed the Iraq war. Well, didn't you have a show uh, for a while? But one- Oh, no. I, they just delegated me to like four weekends. And then right. I was gone. Ah. But I was supposed to be on Monday through Friday, and before me, they fight, they got rid of Phil Donahue for the same reason. Hmm. Phil was their highest-rated show, and they got rid of him because he opposed the Iraq War. Jeez. Remember before the Iraq War, there was no debate on TV. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody was allowed on TV to offer any type of resistance to that invasion. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep, yep, now that you mention it, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me that isn't government control of our media. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, now that you mention it, I, I can see it, but, you know, I didn't think of it before that, you know. You know, it's, a, it's really a good thing I didn't stay as governor for another term. You know why? Why is that? Well, when Bush ordered the Iraq War, that's when I started to doubt 9-11, because I thought Iraq, they had nothing to do with 9-11, and didn't we go to war over 9-11? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well... I vehemently opposed the Iraq war to the point if I would have been the governor of Minnesota and the commander-in-chief of the Minnesota National Guard, I would have refused to allow my guard to go to Iraq. Uh-huh. So it would have required Bush to remove me from office or from, from command, as the, and he would have to take over the min- or replace me as the, uh, the, the commander-in-chief of the Minnesota National Guard. Wow. So that would have had to have taken place because I wouldn't have allowed my troops to go to that. They're the National Guard. That means they shouldn't go overseas. They're to be here to protect Minnesota. Well, that's what I always thought, but, I mean, I don't... Well, he used the National Guard in lieu of a draft. Uh-huh, yeah. He, he couldn't implement a draft, so he used the National Guard. Yep, yeah. And, and the point being, had I done that, he'd have had to remove me as, as the... Uh, as the uh, commander-in-chief, right? Because he's the commander-in-chief of the country. Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, isn't that, wouldn't that have been hilarious? Here you'd have had a guy who couldn't even make it to uh, 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 a National Guard meeting. Right. <laughs> and he's removing a former Navy SEAL. Right. <laughs> from, from, from being commander-in-chief of the Minnesota Guard. That would have been really laughable. <laughs> yes, it would have, really. <laughs> you know, this guy, and Dick Cheney, who had five deferments from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They would have removed me. Yeah. A Navy SEAL. <laughs> yeah. I would have walked out laughing <laughs> and say, what the hell is our country turned into? Yeah. Jeez. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, um, as, as far as... Uh your TV show, Conspiracy Theories with Jesse Ventura on True TV. Now, that's been on for two seasons. Um, is is there going to be a third season? I don't that? know. Uh, they've uh, My son got put back to work. He's on the show. He's back on the payroll. That's a good sign. Mm-hmm. They've approved eight new conspiracies. 
of which I don't like any of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they, my contract w w lapsed, and they didn't renew it, and I haven't seen a new one. So maybe they're going to go on with the show without me. Oh, well, that's too bad. Because, because... I, you know, I want to go after the government, and they're scared now because of what happened last year. Uh, what what happened last year? Well, they, the government came down for the uh, the police state one, and then they, they showed it once. They then removed it, never showed it again, and now won't even acknowledge that we did it. Wow. See, remember, 9-11's already happened. John F. Kennedy's already happened. They've already gotten away with everything. Mm -hmm. uh, the police state thing is in the future. Yeah. And that's why I would imagine they'd react to it. Yeah. Because it would be a forewarning of what's coming down up ahead. Huh. Now, I read, uh, and, and of course, you know, you read a lot of things on the Internet, so you don't know what's true and what's not true, but is it true that you no longer fly because the, of the TSA searches and, and you'd been yeah, taken? Yeah, and, and I'm suing them. Re oh, you are? Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I filed a federal lawsuit in January. We have court date July 22nd in front of a federal judge. Wow. I'm suing over the, my Fourth Amendment rights. Huh. And uh, so that's why I can't get on a plane. Because if I get on a plane, my lawsuit's thrown out. Oh, wow. I refuse to fly if I have to be searched anymore. Huh. My feeling is I acquired the title honorable when I won two elections. The honorable mayor, Jesse Ventura, and the honorable governor, Jesse Ventura. Why would an honorable person have to be searched? Right, yeah. So had had you been taken aside almost every time you went through a line? Is that Yeah, I have metal in my body. Oh, okay, okay. So I'm going to get it every time. All right. So. And I got it every time doing the TV show. Huh. And I started to become comfortable being searched. Mm hmm And I finally, and that was when they were just wanding me. Yeah. Then when they went to this extreme stuff, I had it done once, and I immediately went to my lawyers. I refused to fly anymore, and I filed a federal lawsuit. Wow. Because um, uh, to me, it's a violation of my Fourth Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. I don't want any money. I just want them to stop. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Now, now, so when you're doing your book tours and everything, are you, are you, did you drive to every place you go? No, they flew me in a private jet. Ah, private jet, okay. Because I had to come from Mexico. That's right. You, you have a house in, in Mexico. Yeah, and so they flew me from New York. I did it all there earlier this spring. I did it in L.A. Then I drove home, and now I'm doing more because the book did so well, and I'm doing this from my home in Minnesota. Ah, okay. But I won't fly anymore right now. I can't. Yeah. The court date's July 22nd, and I can't fly until a judge rules one way or the other. Wow. And then if they rule, if they throw it out of court, then my career's probably over. Huh. Now, because now, I got to fly to do my career, pretty much. Right. Yeah. So, so if so, they, then I won't have to pay taxes no more anyway, because I won't have no income. <laughs> okay. So they're losing the taxpayer, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, if, if they ruled in your favor, well, then I get the option of going to court and getting discovery and and going to a trial in front of a jury and let them make the determination. The ball will be in the government's court. Do they dare let it go to court? Yeah. Yeah, but if it did, if it if it did go and you won and everything, that now would that apply only to you or to everybody? I believe so because it's only me on the suit. I see. Okay, so it's, it's not, not a class action suit. It's me as an individual. I see. Okay, but it could create quite a precedence. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I would think it would. You know, but it would be up to other people whether they wanted to do the same thing I did. Yeah. Huh. So uh, if I prevail. 
Right. Yeah. It's it's hard to say how things. Yeah. Ironically, I've got the same judge that did the NFL players and the owners. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. The one that ruled for the players. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and said and uh, said the lockout was illegal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the judge. Ah. I think it's Judge Nelson. Huh. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Federal judge. Going back uh, in time a little bit to uh, when you first started your career as a wrestler, um, what made you decide to go into wrestling? I couldn't sing or dance. <laughs> well, you asked. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I actually, I was very, when I got out of the service, I was very interested in theater, and I was also an athlete. Mm-hmm. And pro wrestling kind of came about. And I thought, wow, this is perfect. It it it, it combines theater and athleticism. Mm-hmm. What could be better? Right. Yeah. So I refer to wrestling as ballet with violence. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're from phenomenal performers. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you have and to. And it's be... ad lib. It's like live stage. Yeah. Once you say the line, you can't bring it back. Right. Yeah. And that's what makes it so intriguing. But I think it was actually better in the old days than it is today. Today it's too scripted. Really. Yeah. In the old days, it was way more ad lib. Yeah. Well, the, creati- the creativity in the old days came from the wrestler. Today, they got writers and all that stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't even know how to operate today. Yeah. Because in my day, it was up to Jesse Ventura to yeah. create Jesse Ventura. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you were managed by Fred Blassie at one time? Yeah, only because they made you have managers in the WWF. Ah, okay. You all got to sign the manager. Yep. You either got, if you're a bad guy, you either got Freddie Blassie, the Grand Wizard, uh, uh, Lou Albano, oh, yes. <laughs> or uh, Mr. Fuji, yeah. or I forget who else there was. But you got, you ended up with a manager. Yeah. That was the way it was done in the WWF then. Yeah. Jeez. Now, what made you decide to run for mayor and then eventually governor? Well, mayor was because I got involved in a, in a fight with my neighborhood against City Hall. And I got involved and realized the only way you can change it is from the inside, not the outside. So I ran against a 20-year incumbent and defeated him 67% to 33. That's amazing. And then I went back in the private sector after one term. And then I ran for governor because there had been a budget surplus, and they kept the money. Mm-hmm. And I said, that money belongs back to the people. They did a budget. They should live within it. And just because taxes... And the economy's so good and they get m- too much money, that doesn't give them the right to spend it. Yeah. So I got in and we had three budget surpluses, and I gave money back to the people in the form of a sales tax rebate check. Wow. Never been done before and will never be done again. Yeah. That's great, though. I mean, that's, I mean it's, it's true. It's their money. Yep. Yeah. Um, is it true that you were once a, a bodyguard for the Rolling Stones? Yep. You were? Yep. Wow. I did it for Springsteen, Foreigner, The Grateful Dead. Did it for all of them. Uh, I was wrestling then, and I had some knee surgery, and I handled them when they came to Minneapolis. I didn't travel with them, yeah. but when they'd come here, I'd make sure they got in and out safely. Yeah. Now, what about the presidential field right now? Who do, who do you think has a chance of winning in 2012? Well, of course, the president does. Right. He's an incumbent. Yeah, he has a chance. He has the hu- huge advantage. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Republicans go, I don't give a damn. <laughs> I don't vote for Democrats or Republicans. The only one I would care about would be Ron Paul. And if Ron Paul isn't in it, then I could give a damn less which one they bring forward. So what's next for you? 
uh, trying to get a hole in one. <laughs> Never had one. And next winter, uh, paddle surfing and getting better at it. Yeah. Well, I wish That's you... what's next for me, yeah. personal life. Yeah. Well, I, I want to finish up with one last quick question here. Yep. And it's it's more a relaxed thing. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Of all time? Of all time. The Young and the Restless. Really? Yeah. Yeah? You were, you were hooked on soaps? No, it's because of wrestling. Early in my life, uh, you worked at night. Mm-hmm. And so you'd wake up about 11 for breakfast. Yeah. And when I got married, my wife watched them. And so I'd eat breakfast before going to the gym. And I, like every other man, said to her, why the hell can you watch this crap? <laughs> and about two weeks later, I was telling her what was going on. <laughs> I know. And I've been a fan ever since. That I... was way back in 19... 19- That's back when Victor was a young man. Mm-hmm, yeah. Victor Newman, my friend. <laughs> Victor <Eric> Newman, yeah. <laughs> and Eric's a dear friend of mine today. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah because when I got into office... I did a fluff interview as governor, and they said, what's your favorite TV show? And I thought a moment and said, The Young and the Restless. Well, they found out about it, and they sent me an autographed picture of the whole cast and crew. Wow. That's and then neat. I went out to L.A. and did a cameo twice <laughs> Yeah. on the show. Yeah. So that's my favorite show, because that's true acting. Yeah. yeah. Any actor that wants to gain his spurs, and I'm serious, the soap operas do more in one day. Oh, yeah than what nighttime TV does in a week and that what a movie will do in almost two weeks. Mm -hmm. They'll do as many script pages in one day. So if you truly want to learn how to act, cut your spurs in a soap opera. Demi Moore did. Right, yeah, a lot of actors did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about movies? What's your favorite movie of all time? That's hard to say. I'd have to say because you'd have to put it in genre. I, I could give you my top five. My top five would be Jaws. Yeah. Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. uh, JFK, yeah. American Graffiti, oh, yeah. Yeah. and then a tie between Animal House and Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we had um, uh, Lacey Underall from Caddyshack on the show uh, about a couple months ago. <laughs> okay. So she was, but, uh, well, Jesse, um, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. and uh, Thank you. And uh, I also want to, is there a website that people can keep in contact? Yeah, they so, can. I should mention it. Yeah. I have my own website, What's believe that? it or not. My son runs. It. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's com, and shamelessly people can buy my t-shirt, my newest t-shirt, Jesse Ventura quote is, I love my country, not my government. Ah, okay. <laughs> and I hope people buy it and wear it proudly yeah. and protest and, and call for revolution like I am, yeah. because a revolution doesn't have to be violent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we will definitely put a link on our website so people Thank can just you. click and go right to your site. And uh, I do appreciate you doing this. I wish you luck with the 63 documents the government doesn't want you to read. And thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us, well, Jesse. thank you for having me, and you have yourself a good day, and keep up the good work. I want to thank Governor Jesse Ventura so much for taking the time to talk to us. He's a very busy guy, and we appreciate that he would take the time to talk to us here at On Screen and Beyond. And, you know, agree or disagree with him, he certainly makes some great points. Be sure to check out his book, 63 Documents the Government Doesn't Want You to Read. It's a very interesting book. had a you know a lot of stuff in there. you got to check it out. Well, last week we had a lot of people download our interview with um, stuntman Jack Gill from Fast Five, and you can still... 
download it, of course, and you can still download all of the other interviews we've done in the past, what, three, four years here at On Screen and Beyond. And, you know, check those all out. Uh, there's got to be somebody that you're interested in in there, you know, whether it be Robert Wagner, Bob Barker, uh, Taylor Lautner, all these different people have been guests at On Screen and Beyond, and we're going to have a lot more coming your way, so I hope you're going to stick around for that. So uh, check those out. It's at onscreenandbeyond.com, and you can go to our rerun segment uh, section, and you can hear all of those interviews. They're all there for you to listen to. So be sure to join us next week. Uh, be sure to join us on uh, Facebook, too, if you get a chance. That's wrap for this week. So until next week, we hope you'll join us then. And when we once again take you On Screen and Beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.